Hi, it's Saul. In a, a minute, we've got a new episode of, um, or new to you, a uh, episode of Rate the Great uh, with Mark and I. Uh, I really hope that you're doing well. The people that you know, love and cherish are all doing well too. Um, we're in very strange times. Uh, in my proper job, uh, what I do, then um, I'm working long shifts in a in a health organization producing lots of numbers and modeling and things like that that's very much in demand at the moment um it's it's interesting and uh very rewarding uh, <laughs> and uh, but I'd much rather be doing something dull uh, and not be in this very strange environment that we all find ourselves in so um that that's where we are now um if you can cast your mind back if you do still recall the before times as, as we uh, like to call it um back in october actually mark and i sat down and recorded uh the episode you're about to hear and, and another episode um that i hope to get out uh next week um and uh we we talked about music and, and we didn't know how much the world would be changing uh, there was a bit of a delay because i was uh, a poorly boy um which isn't much fun uh, and then i moved house uh and then i've uh, just uh, been a lazy fuck to be honest um but we're on it now uh, i'm doing lots and lots in the world um but I thought I've been listening to lots of podcasts to keep me going um, and I hope that you guys uh, enjoy uh, us talking about whatever it is that we talk about in, in this episode, which is, um, spoiler alert, about Bob Dylan. Um, I apologise in advance for the uh, level of opprobrium uh, heaped at him, um, certainly from me. Um, I very much regret that. Hope you guys are doing well. Okay, here's the show. How many people who labor in the same musical vineyard in which you toil, how many are protest singers? Well, I think there's about uh, 136. You mean exactly 136? It's either 136 or 142. So, Bob, what religion are you converting to now? Well, I'll tell you one thing. Hold it, V. You won't sit, won't bet, get out, won't bet, no more. Shalom. You know, I'm just a musician, man. I'm just an everyday man. Just a, I'm just a man who likes to play Disney songs. So, uh, you know, I'm not nothing like that. So. A whole new world. Don't you dare close your eyes. A new fantastic point of view. Don't you dare close your eyes. A whole new world. Mr. Dylan, Tom Waits is here to see you. Right, let's begin, fuck it. Uh, okay, welcome to another issue, issue? Issue, that's a weird word, isn't it? That's more for comics. Another edition, another episode of uh, Rate the Great with me, Mark Howes, and Sol Henry. Hello, Sol. Hiya, you all right? Just having your sandwich there, were you, lad? It's nice. It's a freshly baked baguette and everything. I've done it myself. I didn't do it myself, you know. It was, like, pre-made, but I, I I put it in the oven and took it out again. You don't put a sandwich in the oven, you maniac. Oh, that explains a lot, actually. 
Anyway, so what's been going on this week? Everything all right? This week, every, I say that every week and it's every two weeks. Since our last recording, Mark, um, it's been fabulous and very exciting. Oh, yeah. 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 So yeah. Got your yellow pants on, that means you're in a good mood. It does, yeah. Um, I do hope that car beeping um, outside can be uh, picked up on the recording. We are recording in a metropolis on the outskirts yeah. of Leeds and York. So. Yeah. You never know. So we're here today to review and have a little look at Bob Dylan's Highway 61 Revisited. So before we get into uh, that album, what's your relationship like with Mr. Dylan overall? You're not meant to ask me what I've been listening to. We do that at the end. Do we do it at the end? Yeah. Oh, Almost as if you don't listen to our podcast. How's your, how's your week been anyway? Your no, mine was all right. Okay, cool. I'm glad we got that covered. Nothing to Bob report. Bob Dylan, um, I've never met the man. I didn't mean your personal relationship, of course. I meant uh, your overall musical relationship. Um, I've got uh, a couple of Bob Dylan albums. Um, is this one I of couldn't them? Couldn't tell you which ones they are. This is one oh. of them. I couldn't tell you which one the other one is. Um, I say we'd have a look, but there's quite an extensive pile of discs you've got up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was at a thing the other day, and someone asked the person next to me how many like CDs they had, and he was like five hundred, and I just whispered amateur under my breath. What's your tally there, do you reckon? I don't know, it's like 1,500 maybe. Crumbs. Because they're too deep as well. And then there's a couple of boxes through in other rooms. I've got boxes and boxes somewhere, but I've never lived anywhere long enough to get them out. So I just sort of drag them round. I think some of them got thrown away in a move somewhere. <gasps> That's terrible. It's all right, a lot of mine were new metal albums from the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Um, and none of them are in the right box or anything. That's so. less terrible then. Yeah, so... Similar to your Rolling Stones fandom, then passing, yeah, passing, passing admiration, passing interest. But my um, my parents are big Bob Dylan fans. That's why they're here today to talk about their interest in Bob Dylan. Now they said fuck this when you went making the tea. They buggered off. Uh, I did wonder where they'd gone. Yeah, they're like they're quite like Bob Dylan. So I heard his voice a lot as a child. Um, but yeah, uh, they're quite like most Bob Dylan, apart from his weird Christian period that he had in the beginning of the seventies. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things went wrong with Bob, which we can get into. Yeah. What about you? Well, uh, I haven't had much to do with him. I've always had a respect for this era, Bob, I think. But and uh, I was a big Woody Guthrie fan, and he started off as a Woody Guthrie sort of tribute act. So I've always been quite impressed with that. What did Woody Guthrie sing? What did Woody Guthrie sing? Uh, the old folk singer from the thirties and forties. Uh, this land is this land is our land. He wrote that. Oh, he done that. Yeah, ah. uh, talking Columbia blues. Uh, ain't got no home in this world anymore. Really? Uh, oh, pretty, uh, pretty boy Floyd. There was a band that named themselves after that song. They were called Pretty Boy Floyd. Are you familiar with Pretty Boy Floyd? Uh, my no. understanding is that Pretty Boy Floyd are the cons- the kind of constituent members. It's just because I may have said Pretty Boy Floyd when it wasn't actually Pretty Boy Floyd. So uh, they went on pretty much to uh, become the core of the Stone Temple Pilots. It's Pretty Boy Floyd. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah that's my that. understanding. And of course, uh, they influenced the name of the band Ugly Kid Joe, who uh, went for the opposite of Pretty Boy Floyd. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so yeah, so besides that, I don't know. I, I was... Um, I mean, it's hard from, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s to really get your head around Dylan a lot, especially with all his selling out that he got into <laughs> later on in life to 
be told that he was like a you know a sort of left-wing protest folk singer yeah he sort of go well he's sold out then so it doesn't matter to quote bill hicks every word he says is now like a turd falling in my drink but <laughs> yeah See? once you do an advert you're on you're off the artistic roll what call forever advertise? Oh, I remember man. that bit. I I've got a list. I've got a list of what Bob advertised here. I was going to get into this later, but never mind. We'll do it now. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, so he advertised. The first, he did Victoria's Secret. That's very progressive. Oh, Apple, okay. that small struggling company. Well, when did he do Apple, though? Because it was a small 2006. Oh, okay. No, it wasn't a small struggling company. No, it was an, I, an iPod advert. Cadillac. Uh, another small company, Pepsi. Google. So, I mean, he really went for the big dogs, to be fair. Chrysler, IBM. Fucking hell. Wow. He wasn't picky about technology companies, was he? He was like, bit of IBM, bit of Apple. Yeah, so this is why, you know, it's hard to merge the two people to one. And so every time I think Dylan, I think, ah, sell out. But uh, song-wise, music-wise, I mean, I, I always really liked Masters of War. That was always been on my iPod for as long as I could remember. Hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Um... But besides that, I mean, you know, everyone knows like a Rolling Stone and there's a few others there. But I never really, I think I've got like a best of Bob Dylan CD somewhere that I've listened to a couple of times. But I've never listened to a Bob Dylan record. So this was this was a first for me. So I was, I was quite excited. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's good. good. I was slightly distracted because I'm looking up whether or not I've completely imagined the uh, Pretty Boy Floyd Stone Temple Pilots link. And uh, I find little to no evidence to support my theory. Um, but I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go um, uh, Scott Wayland because uh, he's he's passed away now, isn't it? So you can't slander the dead. Um, so yeah, he was the lead singer in Pretty Boy Floyd. His as, uh, his well ex-wife as, did, didn't she? As well as being a uh, a, a serial coffee drinker. Yeah, your yeah. favourite. What did his ex-wife do? I think I'm pretty sure it was Wayland. And everyone was, you know, saying how sad the hour he was dead and everything. And she was like, Nah, fuck him. He was yeah. an asshole. Never yeah. paid his child maintenance. He's dead. Good. Like, yeah. holy shit. That's fair enough. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm paraphrasing that. I don't want to, you know, just for the lawyers. Yeah, because she's still alive, so yeah, you could I know slander her. Yeah, it was along those lines. I think okay. it was found. We better um, check this before we put this up. You check that. I'm going to open some biscuits very loudly, if uh, that's all right. I mean, okay, go on then. So I'll edit this bit out. Hi, Mark. I'm back okay. from opening biscuits. Would you like to uh, take a, a guess as to uh, the name of Pretty Boy Floyd's debut album? Uh, untitled. You were very close. It's actually... Uh, Eponymous. It's actually Leather Boys with Electric Toys. Oh, yeah, that was close. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a beautiful name. Uh, that's also um, the name of uh, a shop very much like Ann Summers. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, it turns out with a little bit of research, and uh, I was right. Cool. About Scott Weiland and his ex-wife. Yeah. But she wrote it a lot more elegantly than I put it in quite a long letter. That's the gist right. of which is, fuck him. Fuck him. Uh, right, so, uh, right, well, I suppose we should uh, get stuck in this year a record then, shouldn't we? Who is it again? Uh, this is Highway 61 Revisited revisited by uh, Mark and Sol. Can I ask a question? Do you know why it's called Highway 61 Revisited as opposed to just Highway 61? I feel like I do know that, but it's lost in my notes somewhere. No, go on. Well, I don't know. I was asking you. Oh, right. A thing. I thought you had a, an amazing fact. It wasn't an amazing fact. No, right. 
no, but uh, regardless, this is the sixth studio album by American singer-songwriter Bob Dylan, released on August 30th, 1965 by Columbia Records, and this was his uh, first big uh, electric album. Judas. Using it now, I don't believe you. Using his backing band on every track of the album except for the closing track, Desolation Row. Uh, yeah, there you go. I, I couldn't really find a fixed sales for this. Oh, okay. So I've guessed. Not guessed, even in Finland. No, I've guessed about ninety-three. Ninety-three what? Just ninety-three albums sold. I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I don't know how things were done back then. I think what you've done there is you've gone for the uh, the prices right rules, haven't you? You've gone for something oh, you no. think of as being a high number, but you've not wanted to go over. I'm going to go, sticking with uh, Price is Right rules, 1,001. I think you're probably closer. But no, I couldn't find uh, just a straight sales for this anyway for some reason. But, uh, I mean, we alluded to it earlier, but it's uh, the name Highway 61. Highway 61 is a major American highway which connects his birthplace of Duluth, Minnesota, to southern cities famed for their musical heritage, including St. Louis, Memphis, New Orleans, and the Delta Blues area of Mississippi. Interesting. I thought it was from Duluth. Is it Duluth or Duluth? But it's probably Duluth. It, when you say it probably is, it is. Oh, well, how do you know? Because that's how you pronounce it. It's like Des Moines. Des Moines in Iowa. You pronounce Des Moines. Oh, but there is a, a Des Moines in... Um, Washington State, which I've been you, a Des Moines. you do pronounce Des as opposed to Des. All right, Duluth then, fine. Whatever. Whatever, mate. Uh, you know. Dylan described the kinship he felt with the route that he supplied the title of his sixth album. Highway 61, the main thoroughfare of the country blues, begins about where I began. Yada, 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 Delta country. Uh, apparently it's also the, the road where Robert Johnson sold his soul to the devil. We mentioned uh, Robert Johnson a couple of episodes ago, didn't we? Because did. uh, I felt the uh, Rolling Stones had just like stolen half of his songs, which we agreed was yeah. kind of true. Yeah. Uh, also, passes nearby the birthplace and homes of Muddy Waters, Sunhouse, Elvis Presley, Charlotte Patton, and the Empress of Blues, Bessie Smith. Ah. Oh no, she died there. Oh crumbs. Oh dear. Yeah, there you go. So that's a pretty cool title. Apologies for those people out there who've only just found out that she's passed. And the Empress of Blues, Bessie Smith. Yeah. I mean, I suspect she died a long time ago. Yeah, but some people might not have known. They might have thought that she was still with us. Oh, yeah, that's true, I guess. Uh, what else? Dylan has said that he stayed, he had to overcome considerable resistance at Columbia to give the album its title. Which is sadly, that controversial, is it? No. Nobody understood it. I had to go up the fucking ladder until finally the word came down and said, let him call it what he wants to call it. I think that would have been my initial response. Yeah. Someone had to go all the way up to the Columbia Records president and was like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, so this was in 1965, according to uh, bestoverarms.com. This was the highest rated best album of 1965. Sits at about 21 in the overall charts at the minute. Okay. Any guesses at what might else be in 65 there? Um, three Beatles albums. There were two Beatles albums. <laughs> Number two, Rubber Soul. And Revolver? No, Help. Okay. Band Shop had a lot of records in those days, eh? They did, yeah, which is why I went for three Beatles albums. Yeah. There's also A Love Supreme by Coltrane. 
Otis Redding. Beautiful album. My Generation. I and was very tempted to buy that on vinyl the other day, but I didn't because it was £28. Oof. And I thought, no wonder you're going out of business, HMV. No fuckers touching that yeah, for 28 quid. Nina Simone's Pastel Blues. <gasps> and the Bird's Tambourine Man 65 was a good year. Vintage, what? you may say. Uh, oh, Dylan had another album in the charts that year, Bringing It All Back Home. Did that precede this, or was it the following? I don't know. It's hard to... They came out the same year. It's hard to tell. Are you looking that up? Yeah, sure. That's Bringing it all back home. Bringing it all back home. Yes. My um, computer isn't the fastest, so click on that. The overall um, rank there was 102, so we might get to that one day. Oh, that was uh, released prior um, to uh, to this album it reached number six in the uh, billboards pop albums that year number six in the pop yeah. albums and that th- that's that. the one that features uh, subterranean homesick blues that's got the video of what everyone rips off of oh yeah, yeah. with the cards that's the one yeah with cards nice sponsored by hallmark sponsored by hallmark right let's get stuck in then track one is like a rolling stone let's have a little listen to license it Dress so fine, do the bumps of dime in your prime. Then you, people call, say beware, doll, you're bound to fall. You thought they were all. Can you? So, like a Rolling Stone, it's one of those songs that's just everywhere, isn't it? One of those absolute stone cold hits. It is. It's um. Well known, you don't say. Think so? Oh, well known. I thought you said well known. It's well um, known. Nice vibe right off the bat. I thought. Yeah. I quite like the just the snare and intro. Thought that was nice. Lyrics had great pathos. I thought. Yeah, I thought. I thought. I also thought it was a beautiful and mellow intro. Um, some of the lyrics are amazing. Well, apparently it's like from like a huge stream of consciousness thing he wrote after he was mad at England. And then he distilled all it into four verses in the course. Did he, chorus, did he so. feel that the football team was um, underperforming and he felt that if they just knuckled down a bit, they could maybe go on to win the uh, World Cup the following year? Uh, I don't know. It just, it just says when he returned exhausted from a gruelling tour of England. Uh, Back then, though, in 65, they used to play places like the Aberystwyth Ballroom, like uh, Oakley Town Hall and it, stuff. It's fair to point out that the Aberystwyth Ballroom isn't in England. Good just, point. Just for our Welsh listeners there. I lived in Aberystwyth for five years. Did you? Yeah. Ah. That's why it popped into my head, because all these big bands had played in this dilapidated building on yeah. the edge of the sea. Well, oh. not really on the edge of the sea, on the edge of the seafront. Like Zeppelin, The Who, all these places. Like, when you look at the list of bands in the uh, University Refectory at Leeds. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Crackers who played there. It's amazing. Bananas yeah. who played there. Yeah. And that, and now it's um, Skepta. <laughs> or some shit like that. So I can understand why Dylan would have been a bit. But it's interesting you say that it's a, a stream of consciousness because uh, he kind of does that thing where he tries to cram too many syllables into shoot too short a period of time, a couple of times. Yeah, and it's just like he almost trips over himself in trying to just get See, them I delivered. That, I like that delivery. And he, it's it's by design, but design sign surely. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> I think it's pronounced Duluth. Duluth. It's delivery really sells it, I thought. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, it's just a bit too clumsy at times, maybe. I think that's the vibe. I think that's the point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other the other thing that I, I thought, and I've made a note here, my note specifically says, if you were to tell me the music on this track is a 10-second loop, I'd believe you. I can see that. Because it doesn't fucking change. And it's, it's what is it, six minutes, ten seconds, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, gets, it gets away with that on vibe, I'd say. But And it's just, but it no, it just keeps going round and round and round. And it does get a bit grating. Um, to me, it kind of feels like it, it'd be a great four-minute song. Um, and my note here says, Christ, it's dragging. I think I think it, well, I mean, Jesus, we'll get to that a little later on, eh? But... <laughs> uh, but I think it gets away with it this time. But I know what you mean, yeah, that it, it, there's not a lot of... Um, but that's kind of his... It does that a lot on this record. Yeah. And that was sort of the, 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 the folk style to a degree. And like, not necessarily a chorus. So this does have one, technically, you know. How does it feel? That's the chorus. Okay. Boo, do, boo, boo. I love that Hammond in the background. It's not overpowering. It's just nice. <laughs> um, so what's it about? Like a some socialite who's had a fall from grace or something? That's kind of how it, like they used to be all, it's like mocking a, like a bourgeois person or something like that. There's lots and lots of speculation online as to who he's talking about. Someone says it's got something to do with the Velvet Underground or Andy Warhol, all this. But no one's particularly sure. I've no idea. I'm not I'm not going to hazard a guess. Um, but he, he kind of, he, he does kind of do this Dylan-y thing. Um, and I, I don't know if you've uh, you had similar thoughts, maybe, but when he can't think of how to end the song, he just whips his harmonica out. Oh, that happens yeah. a lot, yeah. And it's just like, oh, f- and it's always, with it a it's always times. quite a similar solo yeah, as and well. It's yeah. like, oh my god. Although I've written here in my notes, I like the Delta Blues harmonica vibe. It's a freewheeling six minutes of sixties wonderfulness. It doesn't go anywhere, but the vibe carries it anyway. It's it's ten second loops with a guy stumbling over his own words. Well, I really wasn't expecting gets... you to be attacking this song. <laughs> and then he gets a harmonica out, and it's just it, you know it's a good song, but it's just I think it's it's so Dylan-y, It's Dylan. It's like uh, yeah, but this is when he became that. Yeah, but it, it's like the Pet Shop Boys, right? You know who the Pet Shop Boys are nowadays? They're the world's worst Pet Shop Boys cover band or yeah. maybe the world best Pet Shop Boys cover band it's not uh, you know but yeah this is the original thing I suppose yeah I'll give him that yeah. well done him well I'm saying hit anyway I think I, this I'm, is I'm saying knock two minutes off and it's good Ooh, interesting mm. uh, right I've got some hot takes some hot takes have you? I'm excited yeah. uh, before we started Sol was bragging to me about his notes that he'd taken today extensive <laughs> he said they were so. yeah also I'm not high as well so um, I'm able to <laughs> produce sentences that like flow from the beginning right the way through to the end and make a point kind of well let's put that into test put that to a test see I'm at it now I'm not either uh, track two Tombstone Blues see I can play that I'll beat you to it to license it John the Baptist, after torturing a thief, looks up at his hero, the commander-in-chief, saying, tell me, great hero, but please make it brief. Is there a hole for me to get sick in? 
The commander-in-chief answers him while chasing a fly, saying death to all those who would whimper and cry. And dropping a... Tombstone Blues, track two on Highway 61 Revisited. Uh, hey, can I tell you an interesting fact about this song? I'm all ears. It's one of all of the songs on this album that have uh, their own Wikipedia page. Some of them have got their own books. Really? The, people hell. like really get into this stuff. Yeah. Uh, apparently, uh, Stephen King uh, quotes from this song uh, at the end of his novel Carrie. I don't know if you're familiar with the novel Carrie. I've never it, read the novel, but I have seen both film adaptations. Ah, it's uh, it's about a cash and carry. Is that right? Where like people just go and they like buy bulk loads of uh, kitchen towels and uh, yeah, but it's Stephen colas. King, so it's an evil cash and carry. Oh, I read a great uh, Stephen King quote the other day, which was uh, he did an interview in. Um, it wasn't the other day. It was it was a couple of months ago in September, um, or however long ago that was, uh, and he said, "I have outlived most of my critics, and I'm happy with that." And I thought. Maybe we need to just double check the cause of death for a few of these guys. It seems a little bit too chuffed, but yeah. Anyway, Stephen, bless him. Yeah, uh, he's, he's become self-aware though. On the that latest it movie, he was making jokes about how crappy he is at finishing books. Is, he, is he crap at finishing books? I don't know. I've only ever read the uh, the the one, and that was Carrie. Anyway, Tombstone Blues. Eh? Which yeah, you're this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fast-paced two-chord blues song, according to uh, the internet, uh, driven by Michael Broomfield's lead guitar, uses a parade of historical characters: Bell Star, Biblical Tempter, Delilah, Jack the Ripper, John the Baptist, and Beethoven. Liked it very much. Relentless guitar, that breathless vocal again, mm. like he's stumbling over his words. Yeah, but it sounds—it gives it that feel like he's just like making a it shit up. Rapper, how dare you? Uh, I thought it was very clever. Yeah, lyrically, obviously, makes these. There's some there's some beautiful imagery in the in the lyrics. Yeah, I I, I really uh, like. There's a line um, about uh, the hysterical bride in the Penny Arcade, mm. and it's like, oh, that's good, that's good. And it, it's yeah, to me, I, I kind of didn't pick up on some of the things that you mentioned there, um, but yeah, to me, it, there's kind of that working ode to the working class kind of vibe going on, and you know, with some of the the language around. Uh, what is it? Uh, the I should have written it down. Like mothers in the factory with no shoes on. Maybe, oh or yeah, something like old barefoot. Or I whatever. think we, I yeah. think we called it at the time, didn't we? Without some, that's Jagger trying too hard to be Dylan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or Lennon. But I think the the, the kind of Jesus reference it, it was really interesting to me about. Um, and again, beautiful lyrics. Uh, John the Baptist is uh, a torturer, according to. Uh, well, yeah, no, I, uh, John the Baptist, after torturing a thief, looks up to his hero, the commander-in-chief. Oh, nice. That's 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 a good rhyming couplet. The president or Jesus could be either. Yeah, yeah but obviously this is, this is pre-Christian uh, Dylan um, yeah. by about five or seven years. So, yeah, no, it's, it's ace. It is ace. It really is ace. It's relentless as well. Just when you think it's going to settle down, it just keeps going, which normally that would piss me off. Yeah. But... There's such a cool to this and a feel to it that, yeah, it worked for me. Yeah. And, yeah, like, I, I'd want to, I'll say this a lot, I wanted to have, like, a real look at the lyrics, but there's so much going on. We'd be here all afternoon trying to yeah. pick apart, oh, this bit was cool, this bit, was, it's all just cool. It's awesome. Yeah. 
So Fair yeah, enough. total hit for me so yeah. far. Two and, for and two. Actually worthy of being a six minute track. That might be the f- well no. So we gave one a pass the other week. We gave um we gave the Stones a pass for sympathy, didn't we? Did we? Was that six minutes? That's is it? pretty long as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was a, that, a, a couple of episodes similar, ago. A couple of episodes ago. That's a similar. Uh, it's a similar pass though. It's getting by on vibe and yeah, and cool. I'd say getting by on cool, just Get, like me. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's what all the kids are saying. Uh, right on cue. It takes a lot to laugh. It takes a train to cry. Let's have a listen. To license it. takes a lot to laugh it takes a train to cry that's some americana right there it's gone bluesy what do you think didn't even make any fucking sense it takes a lot to laugh it takes a train to cry what he's cry a town he's getting the train to cry i don't has he experienced some of the commuter services that we have here in england yeah it's weird that's um, a good point i never know so i thought it was quite a cool title but yeah it doesn't make a lot of sense no it's shit um <laughs> you know what when i like, I, I ain't no musician, right? So I ain't going to compare myself to that Dylan guy, right? But that's like when someone says... Bracing yourself. <laughs> when someone like when someone says, I don't mean to cause any offence, but... Yeah. <laughs> like, when I was, like, uh, 11, I learned 12 bar blues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I moved on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> See where you're going with this. Yeah. Whereas this song is... Uh, it's really hard to play the blues without twelve bar blues, though, you know. Yeah, but again, it's it's a ten it, it's a ten second loop, and it just it, it fucking did my head in. Really, after a while, it's like just fucking change the tempo up a bit. Actually, this is slower. Does, this is way slower does, than the rest of it. It does change the tempo up a bit, but it just it just did my head in. Um, yeah. Having said that, I did like the honky tonky piano that uh, kicked in every. Every now and again, but I've written, yeah, piano playing is lovely. Yeah, but there's not much of it, and it's quite subtle. Um, To me, if you'd had that a bit further up in the mix, it would have annoyed me less. I think, and I I say this a lot as we go forward, I think, but it feels like the music's a vehicle for the lyrics rather than it being a. Yeah, and I I think that is that is a good description of this album overall. Yeah, it's like very much about the lyrics. And uh, his delivery, which yeah. is monotonous. Well, he's actually having a sing in this one, which is, his singing was good without being great, but I thought it was pretty good. I, th- I thought this whole stuff was quite nice. There's some nice lyrics. There's one like, if I die on top of a hill, if I don't make it, you know my baby will. Just it, yeah. old-fashioned, bluesy, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it just, it just, ugh. it did my head in, just lack of variation within the song. Um, but it is a variation for the album. It's yeah. a lot slower. True, true. It's actually having a sing. Apparently, there is a faster version of this that uh, the producer described as insufferably smart, Alec, and he made him slow it down, which um, which made it this a bit nicer. Um, I, I, I've made a note. Can you um, skip ahead on your on your device, and I'll edit it in to one minute fifty seconds, or maybe do it one forty five. There's a fart in there. Oh. 
Yeah, there is. Yeah, interesting. It's about 147, yeah. I think, listeners. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'll edit it in so people can hear Bob Dylan fart into a microphone. It was just like, what the, f- what on earth was that? Where did that come from? I mean, it was a, it was a nice change. It did add a bit of variation to the song, but it also proves it doesn't take a lot to laugh. You just <laughs> have to fart into the microphone. <laughs> I didn't expect flatulence to be featured. I did completely miss that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it takes a lot of laugh, takes ten, Trent's cried, not a lot of sense to that, but yeah, <coughs> excuse me, you can sort of see the um, the loose concept of the album is poking its head up now, because this is a different style from the other two, you're getting a lot bluesier here. Yeah, uh, it, it, apparently it, the original uh, version of, of this, um, it had the title Phantom Engineer, which, Phantom uh, Engineer, right? which makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, maybe it's the Phantom that farted. It could be. The Phantom Farter. The Phantom Farter. Outrageous. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, you're right. There's, it, uh, there's not too much to talk about with these because they sort of. They are what they are within the first 20 seconds. Yeah. A lot of the time. Yeah. You know how the uh, song closes? I, I haven't written that down. There's mm. a harmonica outro. Quite a long one, I imagine. No, nope, there is, yeah. 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 There's a harmonica outro. Cool. Hey, what's the next song? Is it um from a Buick Six? From a Buick Six. To license it. From a Buick 6, track 4 on the album then. Uh, mm. If I could read a quote I found here. Partially blazed, blazed, partially based on Sleepy John Estes' 1930 song Milk Cow Blues. And uh, the guitar part is patterned after all the blues used by Robert Johnson, Charlie Patton and Big Joe Williams. Oh. And this has been described as filler by some critics. <laughs> and uh, Robert Shelton hears the song as an earthy tribute to a funky earth mother. Uh, Any words after mother? No, nope. it was a critic called Haley who said it was filler, mm-hmm. and uh, only through the musician's performance is Dylan able to convince us he's doing more than just listing the number of ways in which this graveyard woman is both a lifesaver and a death giver. Yeah. Doesn't you go w- anywhere, does it? You want to know what I wrote? Go on. Standard Dylan. Standard Dylan. Take I'll take that. Next note. Everyone. Yep. Uh, and then the next note. Ooh, a harmonica outro. <laughs> Yeah, um, it, it, it's interesting though. Uh, if you look on the Wikipedia page uh, for this, and you don't need to, because I'm going to tell you the most interesting thing. It says the legacy of the song is uh, from a Buick Six has been covered by musicians such as Gary U.S. Bonds, Mitch Ryder, Treat Her Right, Mike Wilhelm, all the big hitters, eh? Alex Taylor and Johnny Winter. Well, do you think uh, people come and say, oh, can we license the Dylan track to cover? Yeah. And like, yeah, just do Buick 6. Yeah. You can yeah. have that for cheap. You can have that one. <laughs> Tell you what, you give, we'll give you some money if you cover that. 
try and sell some sell more a records. Couple more records. Well, they get the royalties either way, wouldn't Fucking they? Fucking hell. Eh, it, it's yeah, it's, it's well, like you said, it's exactly what you'd expect. Standard yeah. Dylan. It's a similar vibe in it, but it's missing a hook. It does it's missing a hook. It's it, missing that. How does it feel? Or it's missing that. That's from a different song, I think. Tombstone Blues, but it's yeah, missing yeah, yeah, that yeah, hook yeah. somehow. Um, it does say that it did influence a song by Yola Tango called uh, From a Motel 6, which is on the album Painful, which is a beautiful album and it's a great song. Um, I've no idea how the two are connected because that's a good song and this is this. It's not bad. Hey, it's got a harmonica outro, did I mention? It's not bad. The thing is, I... After the run we've had, it's a bit of a letdown, but yeah. compared with... Well, I mean, in your opinion. Yeah. Yeah. But if we compare it with Beggar's Banquet, this whole record is just it's just at another level. And this would be one of the better songs on that record. So, and you know, I also, I have to be fair, I criticise Jagged because of his unimaginative melody constructs and you could definitely level that at Dylan. Yeah, just a weeny bit. But it doesn't bother me with Dylan because I believe him more. Whereas I always think Jagger's like doing a parody. So, yeah, kind of a hit. I'd say it's just after the first three, it's a real. It's the first one that's been like, okay, there, there he is, there's Bob. Yeah, it started. Duh, 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 duh. Oh, it's finished. Yeah, yeah, not a lot happening here, but it's, it's still cool. Mm. Hey, the next song is called uh, "Ballad of a Thin Man." Well, it doesn't apply to either of us, then. But let's uh, see what Thin Man get up to in the spare time. Just to license it. Ballad of a Thin Man. I love this one. It's good, isn't it? It's pretty fucking good. And it's good. It's got a beautiful intro. Such, yeah. Such a beautiful intro. Kind of sinister. Yeah. And uh, the delivery is awesome. We just listened to that little 30 seconds from the start there. He like laughs at one point before he gets it solved. I like that spontaneity of it as well. It's very conversational. What's he getting at? Is he sort of having a go at what I got from it? Is he sort of having a go at... Uh, like bourgeois intellectuals or you know moneyed hippies that sort of thing to me it seemed a bit uh, it's about kind of um, buying into the counterculture of what which he feels apart and then you've got these fucking newbies coming in and, and just like buying a place as opposed to owning a place or having yeah. owned a place in it yeah um, there's something about it reminds me of um in Nina Simone's song, and, and having looked through... Uh, ah, there was something it was reminding me of, maybe you're right. Is that, but have, having looked through the, uh, the, the Wikipedia page for it, because, you know, I've done loads of fucking research. Mm. Um, it doesn't mention no, Nina Simone, but I'm sure, I'm sure there's something. Well, as we've established, this was the same year as her most revered album. Yeah. So maybe it was just a style at the time. Maybe. Maybe. I can't put my finger on it. Um, I'll tell you what it doesn't remind me of. It doesn't remind me of um, the cover version in Cooler Shaker's album Collected. I didn't, know they'd done, I didn't know they'd done that. Yeah. Um, Bald of a Thin Man, it's a weird title. I wonder if that's partly what's stopping it being as iconic as I think this one should be. I thought this. I can't believe I never heard this before. Mm. This was excellent stuff, I thought. like It's got to be up there with some of his best, but I'd, I'd I've never come across this one before. No, it's, uh, it's a beautiful song. Yeah, it's great. I like he's got like this simmering, just under the surface anger, and it's it's like 
kind of spit some of the words. Yeah, awesome. there, there is one one line where he did the thing where he, he's just tried to cram too many syllables on um, and just yeah. trips over himself a little bit. That is beat um, the because it, it, it's a line ending uh, a charity organization, and it's just organization organization yeah it's taken us a while to do an impression yeah. <laughs> we couldn't we couldn't do that the whole time no um but it has got the a beautiful line uh, i think it was later toward the end uh you're a cow give me some milk i'll go home <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i say that you gotta to set cows. your boundaries <laughs> i say that to cows all the time <laughs> how often do they give you milk and how often do they go home What's the ratio? <laughs> it's a hundred percent. Go home. <laughs> Just piss off home, do they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck it, I'm going home. Mm. Uh, well, overall, excellent stuff. Yeah, it's loved awesome. it. Hit. Yeah. This album's doing really well for me. It's only dropped half a point so far. Half a fucking point, Jesus. And that was for Buick Six. Uh, let's see if we can keep that up. Let's see what's next. Track six is Queen Jane. Yeah, approximately. <laughs> So there you go. That's what happens when you write too many lyrics for like a Rolling Stone yeah. and have to come up with another song which doesn't sound quite like it but it's basically the same song. Yeah. It's very similar. It is but this one's got some surfy guitar in. It does. I've, I've mentioned Yeah, And I love the surfy guitar. Yeah, Again, but I shadows like it here, right? Yeah. in the mix. Um, uh, oh, Vernier, yeah. Real 50s pop guitar shadows. That's lick in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought that, that bit was ace. Um, I did ask, have a question, though. Does mm. he have a second vocal style? Well, we've seen two on this album. He sang a bit. Oh. Again, I kinda, I'm kind of i all right with it when it's still in for some where reason. he sang a bit. Wow. What was the one he sang a bit on? The slower one. It takes a lot to laugh. He was having a sing there. But, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, in fact, there's a bit later on where he says, um, one of the lyrics says, where does it say it? Yeah. You're sick of all this repetition. I was like, eh, I'm, I'm not sick of it yet. I but am. it's starting to grate on me a little bit. <laughs> I am. It's, a, um, it's pretty yeah. It's pretty average And, and it, it's that kind of, again, and I know I've mentioned it a couple of times, like there's, there's just little, very little in the way of variation of tempo. Yeah, the um, Hammond organ's just sort of hovering yeah. around the same chords. But, but then and... there's, a, there's a couple of points where the guitar kind of speeds up and it's like the song's going to change and shift gear, but it doesn't. It just dies death. Yeah. It's, it's just the guitar does that for about 10 seconds. Makes you think something's going to happen. Yeah, and then it just goes back to where it was. It's at least one verse too long as well. Yeah. You know how this song finishes? Uh, does he just uh, pop his guitar down and leave? Okay, I'll have to edit that out. <laughs> sorry, hey. sorry, listeners, I just exploded. My face just exploded into the microphone for some reason. Hey, Mark. Go on. Um, do you know how this song finishes? Um, with a face explosion? Don't reference things that I've edited out. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, hey, Mark. Go on. Do you know how this song finishes? 
um, with a Hammond organ solo. It's not actually a, a guitar solo. solo. No, it's not actually a. It's not even a surf guitar solo. It's a harmonica solo. A harmonica solo. Yeah. Holy Weird, eh? moly! That's a neat trick. Mmm. Uh, but you know, you know, what I was thinking. It's like um, I was for my sins quite a big Counting Crows fan in the day. Right. I'm hearing yeah. a lot of Dylan in Counting Grass. Yeah, I can imagine. Actually, there was one additional note, because there's one bit where the harmonica kicks in, and I thought, cool, this is finishing. <laughs> but then there's another uh, verse or two, uh, and then the harmonica kicks in again, and then it finishes. And then, Yeah, well, yeah, I think that's maybe why I wrote at least one verse too long. Yeah, ah, interesting. Maybe, maybe. 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 Eh, half a hit again, this one for me. Mm. It's getting by on vibe, but it's nothing... You could skip this. This is never going on a Best of Dylan compilation. Yeah. I, uh, just just a, a weird thought that I had in writing down the title as I was making notes is, why is there no comma before approximately? It just seemed to me Queen Jane, comma, approximately would make more sense. Who the heck's Queen Jane anyway? She's the, the person that the song's about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. An advocation of the stifling nature of an upper class existence according to uh people who are paid to write nonsense like that. Meh, yeah, it's fine, isn't it? It's alright. Yeah. It's doing alright. It's it's not it hasn't dro- the album has certainly hasn't dropped off a cliff anyway. But it's not It's not made it up the fucking hill, yeah. Yeah. Um hey, uh, the next song is called Highway sixty one revisited, you know. Let's do it. Oh, God said to Abraham, kill me a son. Abe said, man, you must be putting me on. God said, no. Abe said, what? God said, you can do what you want, Abe, but uh, next time you see me coming, you better run. Highway 61 Revisited. Another Bob Dylan song. Yeah, it was a Bob Dylan song. It sure was. I really like the uh, the kazoo uh, that it's kicks off the song. Is it not a kazoo? What would you say it is? Because he's got... What's the thing with the... It's I like, don't know. I it's, wrote Pop it's, Goes the Weasel, but it, it's really it's, hard to spell weasel. It's got one of those things, and then it's got like a little disc that spins in the middle. Yeah, yeah, it's not a kazoo, though. Oh, I thought that was a kazoo. No. Sorry. I could have done without that, to be honest. Oh, I loved it. Really? I thought it was great. It's like that, um, there's a L7 song that has one of those things in that you turn upside down and it goes, whoop. No, those are And then cool. you turn it the other way and it goes, whoop. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just reminded me of that because, you know, L7 and Bob Dylan have got a lot in common. Children's toys. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's another Dylan-y song. Yeah, uh, is it's, it's got turned up. References. It's got a lot of references again. <laughs> a lot of references. Cool opening line. God says to Abraham, "Kill me a son." Abe says, "Man, you must be putting me on." Doesn't necessarily rhyme, but it's cool. It references. Uh, where it references quite a lot of things. Where God commands Abraham to kill his son Isaac, who's yeah. one of his two sons. Apparently, it's a uh, a surrealist take on a highway of endless possibilities peopled by dubious characters and culminating in a promoter who considers staging World War Three on the highway. Ah. Did you know that uh, Highway 61 is an actual highway? Uh, it runs for 1,400 miles, which is 2,300 kilometres. Where is it? It begins again? Uh, the mine? 
Duluth. 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 Uh, and oh, it goes through lots of places. This is bouquet. Duluth. Uh, let's see what else That's can we say about this. That's a strong pop culture reference, <laughs> Mrs. Bouquet. Right on point, mate. We are talking about a 50-year-old record here. Uh, there's some lovely slide guitar. There is some nice slide yeah, guitar. Yeah, I really like that. I really like that. And uh, kind of paired with the honky-tonk piano again. Yeah. Is, is that the right stuff. term that I'm using? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool. Lyrics cool. again, interesting and clever. He's doing like... Was this? It's so postmodern, isn't it? All this name dropping and cultural references, and then making it into like a surreal narrative that must have blown people's minds in the sixties. Yeah. Um. Uh. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Great percussion as well. I've got a lot to say about the the music on this one. Uh, the percussion I thought was beautiful. Uh, well, so good because I'm in a lot down here. L- lovely drummer in. Drummer in. Um, yep. I'm not a drummer myself. Um, I do own a drummer kit, um, but I'm not a drummer. Uh, my daughter occasionally plays drums. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the slide guitar, the honky tonk piano, great percussion, and uh, starting a song with a children's toy. Why not? Why yeah. not? Yeah, I, th- I liked it. Great song. I liked it. If, if it uh, I could have done without the the pop goes the weasel, but it says here a slide whistle. Slide whistle, that's what it is. Well, apparently it's credited in the notes as police siren. Is it? Yeah. Can you imagine, like, a a, a police car going past going, <laughs> Woo! Woo! It'd be a nicer Woo! world, I think. Actually, that didn't sound that far off of, like, an old-school police siren. Not bad, yeah. Like Keystone Cops kind of vibe, maybe. But that was silent, so maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, one of the defining features of silent films being silence. That's true. But, like, I always wonder, they had score sometimes, right, in old movies. I know they played it at the piano at the front sometimes, but the first silent ones... Sometimes. Some of the ones, but like, they had a score still. Yeah. But, like, not a live score. So if they, rec- if they could record that, why couldn't they just record the voices? It was live accompaniment. It wasn't, it wasn't a, always live accompaniment. It wasn't a recorded though. score. No, it wasn't always live accompaniment. It was. We'll discuss this later. <laughs> well, should we discuss that on our other podcast? <laughs> what is and isn't a silent Stroll movie? through the things. music halls of the turn of the century. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, have you got anything else to say about... Uh... Uh, I liked it. Yeah, uh, hit for me. John Mellencamp has done a version of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is good, as has uh, the piano man himself. Why are you looking at me blank? Do you not know who the piano man is? Uh, You're thinking Elton John, aren't you? Orbison. Roy Orbison, the piano man. Billy Joel. I get Billy Joel and Roy Orbison mixed up for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> they're, so, they're very, very similar, yeah. Um, uh, and apparently, and I, I, I've, I've no idea if this is true, but it's, it's in here, uh, so we'll assume it's correct. Um, Johnny Cash... Is uh, filmed reading the opening verse uh, hmm. in William Friedrich's 2003 film *The Hunted*. I see, and I do like a bit of Johnny. I like uh, late Johnny. I imagine that's really good. This is sacrilege, I know, but I think '50s Johnny is a bit boring. Boom, 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 boom. I get it. Okay, I'm just gonna hide behind the couch now. I prefer later era Cash. Is all I'm saying. Jesus, I mean, you're talking about a man who. Uh, Killed someone just to watch him die. I mean, yeah, that's the only 
song you need, though, if that ever really though. Anyway, I don't know enough what I'm talking about. I could be wrong. Maybe we'll get to cash one day. Hey, there's another, there's another couple of songs. Do you want to know what the next one's called? Hang on, I'm going to look to see if we're going to get to Johnny Cash first. Okay. Does he have like a seminal album besides... Again, his latest stuff's more iconic. Yeah, his latest stuff's probably going to be higher up in this... Uh, the Columbia recordings. Uh, on right? the thingy, yeah. Um, like, uh, no, American recordings, dude. Um, it'll be oh, like yeah, you're American right, recordings. I was thinking that this, this is on Columbia, isn't it? American recordings volume two, I would say, would be his highest. You think? Yep. And um, my voice went high to demonstrate that as well. Your internet's decided it doesn't like interneting. Does it not? Oh, no, hang on. It's picked it up again now. Right, hang on a sec. Johnny Cash. Bring me back results. Falsam Prison, 263. So, yeah, we could. Wow, well, he's very, very, very underrated. scoring album. Yeah, and mm. American 4 is the next one, and that's 654. American 4, okay. These people are idiots. 2 is 5,183. Jeez. Guess we're not getting to them then. Wow. Anyway, what's next? Well, not, Tom... not within the first 7,000 episodes. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, that song is just like Tom Thumb's Blues. To license it. Just like Tom Thumb's Blues, there's six verses and no chorus. The lyrics describe a nightmarish experience in Juarez, Mexico, where in Shelton's words, our anti-hero stumbles amid sickness, despair, whores and saints. He battles with corrupt authorities, alcohol and drugs, before resolving to, new, to return to New York City. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, you've really got to pay attention to the words to get all that, haven't you? <clears throat> um, I really like the intro to this song. And then... Nice. Yeah. Starts singing, and it goes downhill from there. He's in his more reflective. It it second it, gear. It yeah. would make a beautiful like minute and a half, two minute instrumental. Just like expand that intro. Um, I've given him a pass on that. I've written his singing is weird. To be fair, he's not the strongest singer and gets exposed in the longer notes. But I'm not sure it would work if he was a stronger singer because it gives it an authenticity. You're disagreeing with that, I see. Yeah. It it as I say, it started out good and then he started singing and then it went downhill. Um I've written Christ, it feels like it never gets going. Yeah, that's true. But I think they were trying to bring the the tone not bring the tone down, bring the tempo of the record down a bit. We've had two or three of those. Yeah. Quite yeah, upbeat the ones. Super fast thrash metal songs. Well, I mean, it was nineteen sixty five. Um it's five and a half minutes long. Yeah, it's all right. Mm. I, I quite, no, I quite liked it. Again, I'm, I feel like we're sort of grading on a curve here. Because if this was on <laughs> Beggar's Banquet, we'd be like, yeah, great stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's true. But um, like as I said, factually speaking, it's five and a half minutes long. Or as I've written here, is this song a billion years long? Well, I mean, we're getting to that next. 
No, this song seemed longer. Really? Yes. Yeah. Um, I've written blah, blah, blah. And uh, there is a point, again, like three minutes, 50 seconds, where the uh, the harmonica kicks in, and I'm like, oh, cool, it's finishing. I always think it's quite a nice break after the... And then there's some more... And then the harmonica kicks in again as an outro. Yeah, there's yeah. no chorus and there's no massive hook. Wait, did you just say um, six versus no no chorus? Yeah. Yeah. But Which I mean, there is nice stuff in there. It's another it's... vehicle for the poetry, though, isn't it? It's that's what it's all about. Mm, I don't know because I, I I struggle to stay awake because no one can stay awake for a billion years. <laughs> I like the line at the end though. It's got a lot of pathos where it just says, I'm going back to New York City. I do believe I've had enough. I quite like that line. I like that simple, yeah. simple and direct amid all the surreal craziness that's going on. Just, that's it. I've had enough. Yeah. Apparently Nina Simone has done a cover version of this. Oh, really? Yeah. As has uh, Gordon Lightfoot. If you're familiar with uh, Gordon Light- Lightfoot. The Grateful Dead have, um, but I don't really like the Grateful Dead. They're shit. Oh, crumbs. Screw you, deadheads, or whatever you're called. Um, uh, I'd like to point out of this juncture that uh, Sol Henry's opinions do not necessarily represent that of Rate the Great or Home Taping. The, uh, the the Black Crows also do a version, um, which I imagine sounds exactly, exactly the like same. this. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah uh, I, I was delighted when it finished because I did not rate it at all, um, apart from the beginning, as I say, which, which if extended out, uh, it would make a great one and a half, two minute instrumental. I gave this a half a hit because it's not bad, but it's not great. Cool. A I'll give a it hit. a tenth of a hit. A tenth of a hit. Are you keeping yep. track of yours? I'm a yes. Yeah, you are, yeah. That's yeah. why I've got this big chalkboard here with all the tally marks on. <laughs> uh, I actually do do these things just for you listeners, of course. Keep track of my scores. Uh, right, let's wrap this album up then with the quick and punchy Desolation Row. <laughs> But all his sexless patients, they are trying to blow it up. Now his nurse, some local loser, she's in charge of the cyanide hole. And she also keeps the cards that read, have mercy on his soul. That was Desolation Row. Jesus, that's a long song, though. Wow. Mm. I mean, I know we're talking about vehicles for the lyrics, but this is... uh, 11 minutes, 21 seconds. I understand the story is a very complicated parade of... Hang on, I've got a quote here somewhere. There it is. Parade of grotesques and oddities featuring a huge cast of iconic characters such as Einstein, Nero, Noah and Cain and Abel, Shakespeare's Ophelia and Romeo... T.S. Eliot and Ezra Pound. Um, the the second line's ace. The whole first line's ace. I've written that. They're selling postcards of the hanging. Mm. That's fucking, that's awesome. Ah, but they're painting the passports brown, which obviously it's... it's fucking paint them blue. Yeah, that's exactly. What we need, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that to me was quite an interesting thing because there's, there's I don't know if listeners are familiar, there's this obscure little thing called Brexit, um, which is... Uh, rumbling on um we'll say um depending on when this comes out 
Well, no, I think it'll still be rumbling on. Oh, yeah, that's true. We recorded this in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be out by Christmas. <laughs> uh, his vocal style differs in this. He starts singing. He's in... This, but he bit, sings the same pattern. Singy. Yeah, but it's a nice break from all the fucking just rambling. Yeah, it's the only acoustic song on the album as well, just just what guitar. Very nicely played as well, like know. a classical Spanishy sort of hint of flamenco, I thought, in it. Yeah. It was nice, I thought, but... Uh, I, I think the... Oh, shit goes on. Some of, some of the visions really made me think about contemporary culture so you've got the 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 paint and the passports brown reference there's uh another line uh i forget who it's about but uh was it maybe the town commissioner uh one hand is tied to the tightrope walker the other is in his pants mm. and and that just reminded me of you know when you see the young the young going around and like the the boys with just that their hands down their tracksuits just what like they holding the junk it's like I always what see that, fuck? yeah. Usually in a grey tracksuit. Yeah. What have you got going on down yeah. there? Yeah. Fucking Kangol wearing idiots. Um, <laughs> I've written it lyrically, it's a tour de force, a work of genius. But it's. Uh, is it's that a, your opinion or is that you just reciting someone else's? No, opinion? I think it is very probably a work of genius. If these were. But yeah, it's, the song's just a vehicle for that. I mean, nothing really changes. Again, there's no chorus, but he's doing that like a, a trick he does throughout the album where there's no choruses. He'll use like a a lyric motif to signal the end of a passage like in this one it's every time he says what's going on on Desolation Row yeah and then you have a little break yeah but uh you must be happy with no uh, harmonica solo wait what's the one do you know how this song finishes Mark oh crumbs yeah stand corrected <laughs> there's a harmonica outro um my, my note um and I do have several uh, one of which has got several question marks, which is 11 minutes 21 WTF, which of course stands for uh, Why the Face. Um, I, it's too I, long. I, I felt if it finished about three minutes 40 seconds. Yeah, I thought the we, same we, thing. We, this would be the, the The verse about Ophelia, yep. um, who was Hamlet's, uh, um, uh, what's the word? Girlfriend, partner. Squeeze. Whatever. Was it Hamlet? Ophelia? Ophelia. No, uh, was it? I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, I just thought, and then the rest, it just keeps going. It's, it's more or less the rest of the same. But if it finished at 3 minutes 40, this would be my favourite song on the album. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously written a big, long poem, poem, as we used to say, Yeah. that he's dead proud of. So he's like, I'm getting this in. It's 11 minutes, 21 seconds. It still didn't actually feel as long as uh, Tom Thumbs Blues. Uh, I mean, I probably didn't notice so much because I was writing my, <laughs> I was writing my overall thoughts as it finished, which took me about seven minutes apparently. Okay. So. And th th there's a point where in in the ninth minute thereabouts, there's a harmonica solo, right? Mm. And I thought, cool, it's finishing. And I checked, there was still a couple more minutes to go because nine minutes isn't long enough. And I thought, well, at least you know, the least you could do is trim that fucker out because it adds nothing to the song. It's completely superfluous. No. But I just, I, you know, I genuinely thought I'd happily produce a radio edit of this. Yeah. You know, I'd happily just, you know, uh, just chop out the middle eight minutes. Well, I suspect <laughs> that's what the My Chemical Romance version. I doubt they did eleven minutes of it. I don't know. I wouldn't listen to it because it's by My Chemical Romance. Uh, yes. Mm. Yes. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, and then a harmonica outro. So, what's your harmonica outro for this album then? Overall, <laughs> harmonica outro. I, it's really Dylan, isn't it? 
It's very uh, Dylan-y. Hang on, let me just check. Um, yeah, it's by Bob Dylan, yeah. Oh, is it? Uh, um, my favourite Dylan is uh, Dylan the Rabbit in the Magic Roundabout. Oh, yeah, it was called Dylan, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, I own this album. It's all right to listen to. Um, but in that, when I say it's all right to listen to, I mean it's all right to have on, but actually listening to it. And this is the first time I've listened to it, listened to it. Well, I've heard it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it did my fucking nut in. Really? It's all right to have on, and, you know, it, it just happens behind you, but it did my nut in, like, actually listening to it. Hmm. Um, I, I thought the, there's a few great songs on it. There's a few bits of great songs on it in other bits. And then... Um, I don't know if you'd picked up on it, but I felt there were slightly too many harmonica outros. Yeah, I, I, I actually I hadn't noticed that, mm. but I quite like a harmonica solo. I've written, rightly considered a classic. I think it's far and away the best thing we've reviewed. Wow. I, honestly, I loved it. Wow. Seminal, important, clever, musically spot on, angry. Uh, I thought this album was effortlessly cool in a way the Stones or the Beatles couldn't manage. Uh, enough nodding to the past, Guthrie, Seeger and Johnson without merely repeating them, but adapting their influence and looking forward and innovating. Of its time and timeless, loved it. Eight out of nine hits for me, this one. Crikey. I couldn't think of anything we've reviewed that was better. Um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember the thing. Thriller is a much better album than this. I like this more. I think Dirt is a much better album than I this. I think this is better and I like it more. <laughs> I think that this is better than that. Um, Super Tramp album, what we did a couple of I both ago. like this one and think it's better than Super Tramp. We can, but I did like Super Tramp for the record. Did you? That yeah, I like Super Tramp. Yeah, um, I had difficulties with Super Tramp. I don't know if you picked up on that. Um, yeah, this is this is the second one in a row where I'm not impressed. It, it it's Definitely better than Beggar's Banquet. Substantially better than uh, Crime of the Century. <laughs> but... Um, uh, I mean, Crime of the Century didn't feature any farts that I managed to hear anyway. Well, this is winning on farts Everyone knows alone, I'm a, yeah. a fan of flatulence. <laughs> yeah. Um, as I say, I used to think this was a great album, having actually listened to it as opposed to just heard it. Then um, I'm, I'm less of a fan of this album now than I was going into it. Well, I thought it was wonderful until talking to you, and now I'm questioning my own taste. Well, I, I mean, I question your taste quite regularly. <laughs> I had noticed some of these things that would drive me nuts on a on someone else's album. Yeah, but I don't know. I just there was that there's the whole thing. I just thought was cool. <laughs> it is it is difficult because you know that they've been and I I absolutely accept you know that there's been so many rip offs and nods to and cover versions and you know people who are heavily influenced by Dylan that it does become a bit difficult and I, I found it a bit difficult to kind of separate those out from this which kind of is the original you yeah. know what i mean um so i, I think maybe that's it's become that's, stylized you yeah mean, that, that's hard dulled to... dulled my view a little bit it's a bit like when people say oh the beatles are shit it's like no they're not you had to, you gotta listen to it in context of because they invented all this yeah in a lot yeah. of ways so they're not shit they just you've heard people rip them off yeah the beatles is a lot more than octopus's garden yeah <laughs> Which everyone knows is their biggest hit. <laughs> Octopus's Garden is the best Beatles song. It's that and Yellow Submarine. Me and my kids were walking. They're through... both Ringo songs, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Maniac. He's the best singer in the in the band. Um, me and my kids were walking through uh, 
the woods the other day uh, on a, a nice little stroll, um, which was quite nice till it started to rain. But we were singing um, Yellow Submarine, and then we we're trying to think of things that rhymed with Yellow Submarine. So we went with uh, We All Live in an Orange Tambourine. Pretty good. We All Live in a Green Tangerine. Nice. Nectarine, um, you could have had. Oh, I could have had Nectarine. We didn't have Nectarine. Um, but we had a few other things that rhymed with Ean. Mm. Um, yeah, it was it was a good little exercise, um, and then we got to things like purple tomato, um, and it was a bit desperate at that point. Yeah, because you'd, you'd abandon the rhyming. You can you can say tomato one of two different ways. One is tomato, and one is tomato. Neither of which rhyme with submarine. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. No, no, there's no way you can slice that tomato. No tomato. No. Yeah, right, you, there you go. It's, although you could beef it up. Uh, beef <laughs> tomato joke. Nice. Uh, so a split decision on that one, I guess. Yeah. Interesting. For sure, for sure. Interesting. Uh, well, what have you been listening to this week that you'd like to recommend to oh, our lovely listeners? I was going to first. I'll beat you to it now, dickhead. Oh, shit. Um, but I haven't got it in front of me. Which yeah. Tool album have you been listening to, Mark? Yeah, we realised after last week that I mentioned <laughs> Tool twice, didn't I? Uh, <laughs> And I've checked, and I haven't mentioned this yet, which is surprising, but I've been listening to uh, the latest record by the Mountain Goats. I forgot what it's pissing called. Is it in league with dragons or in league of? It must be in league with dragons. It is in league with dragons. Uh, by the Mountain Goats, the latest record. Ah, what's the standout track from that, in your mind? I would say... What, you mean, what, 30 seconds are you going to give the, the peoples? Well, I mean... That's, Watch one to go. That, to. That, I would say the possibly principle because it saves me having to listen to an entire album and trying to decide which is the best thirty seconds. Yeah, maybe Sicilian Crest or Younger, okay. or Possum by Night. It's just all lovely. Or Cadaver Sniffing Dog. That's a good one. What? Cada Cadaver, if you like. Sorry, to be British. Cadaver. To license. Bat dogs that sniff bodies. It's not really. It's about uh, the breakdown of a friendship or relationship. Oh, sadness. But it's uh, it's every time there's a new Mountain Goats record, I'm always disappointed. And then I listen to it, and after about a year, I start to go, okay, it's pretty good. And then the next album comes out, and I realize that that one was genius. So now this album has made me appreciate Goths, the prior album, a lot more. Mm. But I'm also really enjoying this one, too, at the minute. So. Just lovely stuff. How long have Mountain Goats been going around for? He started making tapes in 91, 92, I think. Okay. But they've only been a studio album since 2000. But he normally does one album. He, for a bit, it was on an album a year. And now he seems to be on an album every two years. Pattern. Ma- Mountain Goats is one person. It was. It, There's only one consistent member. In, in like the Lemonheads is, in but, like the Lemonheads is Evan Dando kind of thing. Mm, I guess. Or Silver Jews is the guy who died a couple of months ago. John Daniel's the only consistent member. Yeah. But the last few records have all been made by the same core band. Yeah. But now he's hiring a lot of session musicians to play slide guitar. There's like country songs and all sorts on this record. I 
I would definitely recommend In League with Dragons by the Mountain Goats. Okay. And to find out more, you can listen to uh, a podcast. I only listen to the Mountain Goats, where uh, the guy who does Night Vale interviews John himself about this album. What's Night Vale? It's a very popular, um, fictitious podcast. Thing that was on ITV in the 1980s. No, that's Nightmare. had the mask on. It's just called Nightmare, I think. Okay. If you can get past, I mean, it's a great, uh, and I, I do like Night Vale, and I do like him, but whenever he introduced it, he was just like, Hi, I'm Justin, and I'm here with John Daniel. I'm like, get a cup of coffee in you or something, lad. Uh, I have heard of Night Vale, actually, now that you've Welcome explained to Night vale, it. Yeah. Tell it. Yeah, I have heard of it, but I ain't never listened to it, because, you know, that would involve effort. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Have you remembered what you've been listening to? Yeah, I've remembered what I've been listening to. And it is. Um, I've been listening to the, the new album by the band Joseph. Just, they're just called Joseph? They're just called Joseph, yeah. Um, like and, the biblical father. Uh, like, uh, yeah, like the biblical father. They're named after their granddad uh, and a town not far away from where they're from in Oregon. Or, as you would pronounce it, Oregon? Wait, P-H-R with an F. P-H. Is it Joseph or Joseph? <laughs> it's Joseph. P-H. Yeah, 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 yeah. So their new album, Good Luck Kid, um, which came out um, uh, in September. Um, and that's a, a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing of beauty. Um, and uh, it's a band made up of sisters, two of whom are twins. The third one is not. Weird, eh? A twin or a sibling? Is not a twin. Do you think they bully that one? No, because she's older. And she's the main singer, in my mind. Also, she's really nice. Uh, I've met her a few times. And, and uh, the Magic Number's a family band. Yeah, but they're shit. No, that that first album's a banger. You reckon? Pop genius, that first album. Love him. Oof. Fair enough. But yeah, uh, Joseph. I'd, I'd really recommend people listen to Joseph. I'm just um, a look now. Their yeah. new album, Good Luck Kid. Um, and I, I'd specifically... Uh, I think I'll drop in a bit from uh, the... The title track, Good Luck Kid, here. To license It says they're a folk band. That didn't sound very folky to me. They're a bit folky. They're folk influenced. Their earlier stuff was more folky, like um, their first album, Native Dreamer Kin, I think it's called. Uh, like songs like Cloudline, they were quite folky. We're having a very folky day, aren't we? Where well, Dylan, Mountain Goats, we're, we're folky folks. Joseph, really. yeah, and jo- Joseph Rice. I'm off to see them in November on their UK tour. I'm very much looking forward to it. I see. I'm going to see Mountain Goats in November as well. Ah. Oh, you know who else? I'm unless going this to comes see in out November. in unless this came out in January because yeah, we're behind schedule. Yeah, that's entirely possible. <laughs> hey, Mark, I've got a surprise. Go on. Hey, Mark, I didn't warn you about this, did I? Right. Here you go. So th- this, I'm not giving you a gift. I just okay. want you to, th- th- in this envelope are tickets for a, a band. What I'm off to see. Okay. Let's so see um, you can open that. And we want your reaction. That would be really helpful. Okay. We've really done a good job with the glue on this envelope. 
Let's have a little look. So we got here first direct arena. For a second, I thought it said Little Big, who's one of my favourite bands in the world. Little Big? Little Big, yeah. Uh, I'm not familiar with Little Big. I mean... Is it Dustin Hoffman? No, Little Big's a like Russian, little big man. Russian punk techno outfit. Okay. But they're fucking I'm awesome. i see Little Big, am I? Alas, this is not Little Big. This is Little Mix. Yeah. Plus support at the first direct arena on the Tuesday the 19th. I think that's the day I'm going to see the Mountain Goats. Yeah, maybe they're supporting Little Mix. Maybe we'll be in the same place. It seems unlikely. but uh, <laughs> I mean, it's always nice to go at the arena. Uh, do you want to explain yourself, I've never <laughs> young been, man? I've never been to the, the Leeds First Direct Arena, really? which is our local arena. I saw the uh, Canadian Springsteen there, of course, Brian Adams. Ah. And I saw Flight of the Concords, who I'm sure we'll be discussing. Uh, oh, yeah. I know, I know other people who, who have seen them there. Um, no, I'm off to see Little Mix with my kiddos. It's well, going to be, be super nice. exciting. It's their Christmas present and everything. They know, so it's fine. I'm not, like, ruining nothing. Uh, yeah, I'm off to see Little Mix. I ain't never been to a, a proper, like, big pop concert production type thing before. So it'll be uh, an interesting experience for me. For 10 minutes. For 10 minutes <laughs> of the three hours that yeah. I'm there um, with... with uh, a, a screaming ten-year-old, and we with all the other dads holding the yeah. jackets while they go for a dance. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be nice. So the arena's awesome. Yeah, mm. uh, but I suppose we should wrap it up there on that. Uh, hang on, so let me just check the uh, best ever albums for Little Mix. <laughs> Little Mix artist. What What would you reckon the best album is? Uh, LM Five. LM5, not according to this, this is their fourth best album, uh-huh. and it ranks at not ranked. Cool. Their best album mm-hmm. is Glory Days. All right. Overall rank 40,021. Wow. Do you think that there's a vague possibility that there's a cultural skew in the, the um, interests that uh, reviewers have? Um, Are you saying Little Mix might be the most underrated act of the last I'm saying five that years? LM5 is a better album than that Dylan album. Their first album came out in 2012. Mm, yeah, they've been around a while. Veterans. Yeah. That was uh, back in their glory days, eh? Apparently. I don't know. I don't know who they are. Oh, they have an album called Glory Days. Oh, I see. Nice. Very well done. Comments. None. <laughs> Bless them. It's not for lists like this, is it, I suppose? No. Uh, right, we're going to head off then. Uh, rate, review, do, and subscribe. Wait, wait, no, 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 no. What we need to do, do a, a spinny. Oh, we've got to spin the wheel, haven't we? Yeah, of course. yeah, do a spinny. A spinny rooney, hang on a sec. If you could um, find my uh, my noise there, please. Hang on, one second. <laughs> is that it? <coughs> oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we're going very high this time. We're going mm-hmm. very high. We're going to number 15. So One, five. It's going to be on like page two, isn't it? Two seconds. Okay. Oh, fuck. Fuck. The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars by oh, David nice. Bowie. Nice. Old uh, bluey green eyes, as they call uh, him. Okay. Well, him. I've been wrong before. Let's hope I'm wrong again. Uh, in fact, I've quite liked just about everything, haven't I? Yeah. You even like that piece of shit Supertramp album. I like that Supertramp record, yeah. yeah. Well, my fault it was a good album. Well, it is. 
All right. Okay, that's the point of this show, I suppose, isn't it? 15. Yep. 15? That's yeah. high, isn't it? David Bowie. Very, very well respected amongst music critics. Again, um, might skew it a tiny bit. 15-year-old girls might have other ideas, but yeah. that's, that's for Michael Jackson's screw noodles, sorry. Yeah. Or maybe uh, Rolling Stone songs. Well, to be fair, he didn't sing songs about it, I don't think. No. He just enjoyed it. But And Jagger was there a couple of the times as well, apparently. So oh, yeah. They were big pals, weren't they? Yeah, probably. Hey, David, what are you doing with that lice? Sorry. <laughs> we'll see you in two weeks' time. Rate, review, and subscribe. This is Rate the Greats. Thank you. Okay, bye. Uh, it's all right. I'll edit that bit and it'll be fine. <laughs>